you are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Monday, February 28th, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, we've got a special week here on the pod that starts out today. Part one of our three-part Orioles 2022 Minor League Draft, as we're going to be joined by all three co-hosts of the On the Verge podcast over at Baltimore Sports and Life that does a fantastic job covering all things Orioles Minor Leagues. That is Bob Phelan, Nick Stevens, and Zach Spedden. All are going to join me today for an Orioles minor league draft. Over the next three episodes through the rest of this week here on the podcast, we're each going to be drafting a 15-player team full of current Orioles minor leaguers. And you're going to find out and you're going to get a chance to vote on who has the best team by the end of the draft. Today, we're drafting really the top prospects. Rounds one through five of the draft go today. All those top Orioles names you know go off the board in today's Part one. So we will get to all that on today's episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. And before we get to our draft, just wanted to again thank you for making Locked On Orioles your first listen of the day. Locked on Orioles is free and available on all podcast listening platforms. And remember, it's the only O's podcast out there bringing you episodes three days a week, even during this lockout. We hope it ends soon, but uh, things still aren't looking great as I record this here on Sunday evening. Either way, still three episodes a week for you here on Locked on Orioles. And if you're liking what you're hearing, make sure to like, follow, subscribe to the pod wherever you listen. Give us a five-star rating and a review if you can. If you do listen on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts, that really, really helps out the pod. But once again, just wanted to thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. And for your first listen today, we're jumping right into it. Orioles Minor League Draft, the first part of a three-part series that we will be posting Monday, Wednesday, and Friday this week here on the pod. And part one is rounds one through five, the top prospects going off the board between myself, Bob Phelan, Nick Stevens, and Zach Spedden, the three co-hosts of the On the Verge podcast over at Baltimore Sports and Life, a fantastic Orioles Minor League Draft as we try to pick the best teams we can from the Orioles' top-ranked system in all of baseball. We get to our draft with the first-round pick coming up right now. All right, so we welcome the BSL On The Verge crew back into the podcast. I've had them all on this podcast before, uh, but never together like this. little bit of an On The Verge, Locked On Orioles crossover as Zach Spedden, Nick Stevens, and Bob Phelan join the podcast. And first of all, to all of you, how are you today, and uh, how excited are we to get this draft started? Doing good, thank you, Connor. And we're uh, we're excited, even though I somehow ended up last. <laughs> well, listen, it was it, it was a randomly generated list, and that's what we'll get to now because what we're doing today is a 2022 Orioles minor league draft, and. Basically, the way we're going to do this, set out the rules before we get to it here, but 15 players on each of our teams, all four of us will be drafting a team over the next three episodes here of the podcast. Of course, we'll have the eight positions in the field, plus a DH for every team, five starting pitchers, and one relief pitcher for each team. The only real rules about the players 
that each of us can draft is that the player cannot have appeared already in the major league. So obviously takes out a couple of guys who are still prospect eligible, like Jemai Jones, Tyler Nevin, Alexander Wells, just to name a few of those guys, Mike Bauman as well. None of those guys will be eligible, uh, but guys on the 40 man who haven't made it to the bigs, they are eligible and anybody else currently in the Orioles minor league system. And in terms of where you can place guys positionally, we'll have a little bit of leeway in this draft, but not something too crazy. Jordan Westberg, he can be drafted as a shortstop or a third baseman, uh, but you can't like draft Jordan Westberg in the outfield and say maybe one day he can play the outfield. Speaking of the outfield, any outfielder can be put at any outfield position and the relief pitchers we will draft have to be true relief guys already. And as I said earlier, I randomly generated the draft order and Nick Stevens was lucky enough to have the first pick. So Nick, we will kick it off with you. I don't think there'll be a, a lot of surprise here, but you do get pick number one and let the Orioles minor league draft commence with the first overall pick. Yeah, um, except it's snake order. So I got to wait a long time for it comes back to me. Uh, so I did actually think about this for a moment because I'm drafting with sharks here that know the system inside and out. Uh, but I'm, of course, going with Adley Rutschman, the catcher. Um Top overall prospect in baseball, just glowing reports. I mean, you look at the fan graphs report that just came out. Perennial all-star, consistent MVP threat in the next decades, best catcher in baseball. Um, he's a guy that I think we mentioned on our show last week that you just got to take a second, take a step back and realize like Adley Rutschman is going to be Baltimore Oriole very soon. And that is very exciting. So I'm happy to take him number one overall here. Yeah, I mean, it, listen, he's the number one overall prospect in baseball. Fan graphs just put him there today. And uh He's the number one prospect in the system. And I can get where maybe you think about it because you don't have your next pick until pick number eight, but uh, that had to be the one. So next up on the randomly generated order, Bob Fallon has pick number two. And uh, I would assume this one is pretty cut and dry, but we will see. Well, real quick, I have to reorganize my draft order. I'm a little surprised at what just happened. No, uh, super excited to do this. I uh, love doing this fantasy type draft stuff. And no, I kind of already knew who I was taking. I already knew who Nick was going to take. You know, the cupboard is a little bare when it comes to pitching. So I got to, luckily I can get that one guy that we have, Grayson Rodriguez, number three overall, according to Fangraphs, which just came out today. And apparently he's adding a cutter and adding some vertical movement to his fastball. And he's going to be even better than ever this year. So, Grayson, it is. Yeah, one, two, we're pretty easy here. Um, and, yeah, it was, it was nice to read that piece in fan graphs and be like, an Orioles pitcher is being encouraged to learn a cutter versus the other way around uh, with a, a pitcher who will not be named uh, in the Orioles system previously. But I was generated as the third pick, so I will go next. And I think this is probably the first pick in the draft where you could argue a little bit on – who should be taken, uh, but because now the cupboard is not bare, but there is a little bit of a drop-off between the top two pitching prospects for the Orioles and the next group, I think in picking third, despite the fact that I'll leave a lot of hitting talent out there, I have to take D.L. Hall because I get an ace on my team who is coming back from injury. He's throwing, he's throwing off a mound. He looks good and ready to go for this season. And if I'm getting upper 90s from the left side with a wipeout slider, and a guy who I still think the ceiling is a Blake Snell type and not necessarily just a Josh Hader reliever. I will uh, I will take the ace all day and take D.L. Hall. So that brings us to Zach, who does have to pick fourth. However, as Nick did say, it is a snake draft. So Zach does have two picks in a row. Uh, so he'll start with pick number four in the draft. 
Well, I think that the left side of the infield is going to be taken care of after these next two picks. I'll start off with number four, and that's Gunnar Henderson. Uh, Bonafide top 100 prospect in the game. I think he's poised for a big year at Bowie. And while you still are seeing a lot of questions about where he ends up defensively, he is so athletic and has such a good arm that I'm not concerned about whether or not he has to move off the shortstop long term. And I think 2021 is going to be a big year, or 2022, excuse me, will be a big year for him. So Gunnar Henderson goes number four for me. So we will jump right back into our 2022 Orioles minor league draft from the guys over at On The Verge in just a second. But first, let's talk about betonline.net. Because yes, the football season is over, but we are one day away from March, and that means basketball, 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 both on the pro and college sides. And from all the latest odds, totals, and player performance props, you can get them all at betonline.net, which is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. And BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, sports podcasts, and just sports news this season as well. And although it's March Madness coming up, it's not just about basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. And you get it all at BetOnline.net where the game starts. And then next up, you've got the back-to-back picks here at number five. I'm going to go ahead and go with Kobe Mayo, who I think has the highest ceiling of the players uh, available here. And I, you know, legitimate power hitter who is going to put a big year at Aberdeen this year. And much like I just talked about with Henderson, athletic guy with a strong arm, could probably play a few different places on the diamond, even if he doesn't end up at third. But you know what? I like the third base defense a little bit right now as it is. So I feel good about my back-to-back picks here. Yeah, that's uh, you're not going to get a better left side of the infield, not going to get a better probably pairing of, of hitters uh, in this draft. But uh, it's a pretty good-looking team right now with Kobe Mayo and Gunnar Henderson. I'm up next uh, as the snake draft continues. I'm going to go hitter here, and I'm going to go – into the outfield and a couple names I considered at this spot, but I mean, just, you know, the all around hit tool of Colton Kowser is going to be on my team. I mean, I don't know what at the end of the day, the full polished Colton Kowser is going to look like, but right now he looks like a guy who's going to hit 300 in the big leagues, hit 40 plus doubles. And if he hits 15 homers, fine. If he hits 30 homers, great. But I think just the ability to hit is more advanced than many guys in this system right now. And I put him in any outfield spot. Uh, I will take that. So I'm taking Colton Kowser, uh, which brings us back to Bob's second pick. Yeah, I was hoping one of those three would fall to me here at number seven overall, but pretty happy to have this guy available for me to lead my offense and play some shortstop. That's Jordan Westberg, who I think would probably probably be one of the first guys that is not currently on a top 100 to enter one as we get into the season and players start graduating. So I'll take him to lead the offense and uh, play up the middle for me. Yeah, that's uh, that's not a bad pick. And another guy, again, who, you know, we saw that fan list, six Orioles in the top 70. And, you know, he, Westberg, I would think by this time next year is maybe sneaking onto that list. But uh Nick, finally, you're back on the board and you've got two picks in a row to try and add to the uh, best prospect of the game. Yeah, that that was a lot longer than I thought. Um, (laughs) 
Now, I, I got to take a picture here with one of these picks. So I'm going to go with Kyle Bradish, a guy who I think without all this lockout and everything going on, I think he could have broke camp uh, in with a rotation spot at the major league level, but uh, had his ups and downs last year in AAA, but just needed three starts in double A before the Orioles said you're good to go to triple A and settled in his last five starts was pretty much lights out. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Kyle Bradish to be my ace of the rotation there. And then to bring it back around, I could go another pitcher here. Could be a while, but I'm going to go with another bat. I'm going to go in the outfield and I'm going to go with, I'm going to go Heston Kerstad. I'm going to lock him down too. Um, he's finally healthy. Shout out to Eric Garfield. We all know the, the king of Sarasota down there, putting out all the videos from mini camps. And Kerstad looks great. He looks healthy. The Orioles just said he's healthy and ready to go. I am extremely excited to finally see Kerstad step on the field. Um, and see what he can do. Uh, see, be interesting to see if he starts in Ab in Aberdeen. Does he get? Are the Orioles that aggressive with him? Or do he start in Delmarva? Regardless, as long as he's healthy and starts clicking, he could be a, a very quick riser. Yeah, I think he could be a guy where it's just a, a short leash in a place like Aberdeen, maybe, or Delmarva, where it's just like go get your feet wet in the minors. We know you're more advanced than anybody here, but go for two weeks, for three weeks, a month at most, and get the confidence up. You know, get a couple homers and. We should see him in double A shortly as we go back around to Bob here for his third pick. There's a guy right now that I want to take so badly and continue to boost up my pitching staff, but I need to get uh, another bat in here. And I was hoping Nick wouldn't take this guy, but I'm going with Kyle Stowers. Yeah, I think Kerstad certainly has the better upside, you know, as long as he comes back like we expect and and kind of catches up on things that he's missed the past couple of years. He should be great, but Stowers is right there knocking on the major league door. Had such a great season last year. I saw, again, Eric Garfield mentioned that it looks like he's added a little bit of good weight, so even more power. Um, strikeouts could be a concern, but the guy is going to hit and play a decent outfield, so I'll, I'll have Kyle Stowers in my four-hole in the lineup. Yeah, and you talk about Eric down there in Florida trying to kind of identify guys right now out there. Um, I would say the long, flowing blonde hair out of the back probably makes it – Pretty easy to identify Stowers and also uh, where the ball la lands in right center field off his bat uh, probably makes it makes it pretty easy too. Uh, back around to me for my third pick. I've got Hall. I've got Kowser. And so the board is a little bit open for me to kind of take best player available, but I'm going to maybe go a little bit further down the board for this pick to get another lefty on my team. And I'm going to go get Drew Rom. Because I think by this time next year, we are going to be talking about Drew Rahm with Grayson Rodriguez graduated and D.L. Hall, maybe on the precipice of graduating as a prospect, maybe not. We'll see how healthy he is. But we could be talking about Drew Rahm as the Orioles' top pitching prospect at this point next year, assuming they do not take an arm with the number one pick. And I think he's rising, continuing to rise. And I think this offseason has been the time where the national media has caught up with the people who watch the Orioles minors on Drew Rahm. And uh, one, two with a couple of lefties in Hall and Rahm. I am feeling pretty good. So we go to Zach next with, once again, two picks in a row. I'm going to go with someone that a lot of guests on our show are enthusiastic about coming into this year, and that's Connor Norby. Um, I think that you're looking at a guy who – is really starting to put it together with the bat. Um, always been a good contact hitter, always been a patient hitter. What we saw last summer, though, at ECU and then a little bit in the Orioles system was 
the power come along. And if that power can get to the point where he's hitting 15 to 20 home runs at his prime, playing a solid second base, getting on base a lot and not striking out, that's a really good everyday player. Yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, not a bad And then I'm going to top off my pitching staff. Oh. Yeah, go ahead. And I'll top my pitching staff off with Gene Pinto. Um, favorite of the sale, one of the fastest riders in the Orioles system. I feel great about how things look for him going into 2022. Uh, Bob, can I get your thoughts on uh, Gene Pinto being off the board? I think you might have muted yourself, Bob, <laughs> but that's okay. We, we, we might have missed the cursing. He's so I upset. I, I had to mute myself. Uh, it's a family-friendly <laughs> podcast. So, Well, Gene Pinto, who I knew was going to get picked fairly early in this draft, uh, because, of course, if you listen to On the Verge, which you should be, uh, you'll hear a lot about Gene Pinto. Uh, but he is off the board for Zach, who goes with Norby and Pinto. Back over to me for my fourth pick. And I've kind of stacked up the rotation a little bit at the top, so probably time to turn to the hitter's a little bit at this point and you know looking at the board of guys here there's a couple guys I could turn to uh, I'm going to take a guy who is going to give me a whole lot of versatility on my team and take Taryn Vavra I think this is a guy who we didn't see a lot of obviously because of injury but this is a guy who I saw a lot in college at Minnesota he was a player on a great Minnesota team, but again, you're playing Big Ten baseball up in Minneapolis. You're just not going to get the coverage that the SEC players are getting. And he was one of the most talented players, probably the most talented player I saw in the 2019 college season. He can play the infield. He can play the outfield. He's got a bat where he is going to get on base and he is going to hit for average. He can hit for power. I like Vavra, and I still think that Michael Givens trade is just the biggest steal we may ever see Elias make. And that includes the Dylan Bundy trade. And uh, I'll take Babber on my team, which will push us back over to Bob. Yeah, that's a great pick. And I'm a little bit conflicted here, but I think I'm going to stick in the infield dirt, slide Jordan Westberg over to third base and go ahead and take a guy who I think if he didn't get hurt last year, could have ended up on a top 10 list uh, for the Orioles. And that's Joey Ortiz, a guy who I think the defense is there. The bad had developed. He put on the good weight. You know, he, he got hurt. Hopefully he's healthy. Cause if he is, I think uh, Keith law has him as like the Orioles seventh best prospect, which first time I've agreed with Keith law on something for a while, but uh, it, it would be a great story. And I think he's a guy that is a testament to the Orioles player development and I'm rooting for him. Yeah. And uh, a guy that, I saw way back in 2017, he was kind of a small second baseman out of New Mexico State who had these gaudy offensive numbers playing next to Nick Gonzalez. And everyone was talking about Gonzalez and nobody was talking about Ortiz. He came to play in a small wood bat summer league in Baltimore and was the best defender I had probably ever seen at the college level. And all of a sudden he balked up and he started to hit even more. And here we are, and hopefully he is healthy and ready to go. So we are back over to Zach here, or excuse me, back over to Nick here, uh, here in round number four. And Nick's going to take his final two picks of uh, this first part of the draft. Yeah, I thought with Bob taking <clears throat> Jordan Westbrook that I'd be safe with getting out of Joey Ortiz, but again, some sharks in the room. Um, so I'm going to go pitching. Uh, I'm going to go with... 
a guy I haven't quite yet figured out completely, but he's number 17 on the Orioles' top list on Fangraph's recent release. I'm going with Kyle Bronovich. Might be digging a little deep here, but uh, I'm going to go with Bronovich. That double-knuckle curve has been a pitch that I know Fangraph's and other outlets have fallen in love with. I think it was rated as one of the best off-speed pitches of his entire draft class. Um, last year was his first year of pro ball, reached double-A and had pretty decent success. So uh, I'm excited to add Bronovich to my rotation with Kyle Bradish there. So we will get right back to that fantastic Orioles minor league draft with all the guys from BSL on the verge in just a second. But first, let's talk about Built Bar, these delicious and nutritious protein bars that really do make it a lot easier on me to continue a New Year's resolution of just eating a little bit better because I eat a Built Bar. It's delicious. It tastes like a candy bar, but it's good for me as well. All these bars have just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein in every bar. And they've got these delicious flavors that make you forget you're eating a protein bar. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, many, many more. And there's a new flavor for this month. It's white chocolate cookies and cream, and it is delicious. And Built Bar is always adding new delicious flavors as well. And at Built Bar, yeah, the bars are good for you, but they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy. So go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order of these delicious protein bars. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And today's episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of your car, it's now impossible for a local chain auto parts store to stock really all the parts you could possibly need. So why go into the store, get all these questions, and just get intimidated by someone trying to show you that they know more than you about cars? Then you got to wait for them to try and find the part. You can just go online. Go to rockauto.com. You've got it at home and in your pocket. And you can save time and you can save money when using rockauto.com. They're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, reliably low prices for every customer. They've got every part you could need and it's easy to use for even people like me who know nothing about cars. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And write Locked On Orioles in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And then my second pick, this is this is tough. This is tough. Uh, do I go outfit or go infield? I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Cesar Preto. I'm going to take him since Vavra and everybody else, these middle infielders go off the board. I'm going to take a gamble. Uh, we saw the, the big offensive numbers he put up in Cuba as a young kid, uh, 20, 21 year old, putting up one of the best offensive performances Cuba had seen recently, uh, breaking a lot of Cuban records. And we know, you know that might translate to, you know, maybe high A ball or so if you translate to minor league baseball, the pro baseball ranks. But, you know, if there's pop in there, Prito could be a pretty uh, fast riser and climb up the ranks a little bit and um, is an advanced hitter. So I'm excited to see what he can do now that he's in uh, professional baseball. It was cool to see how much Orioles fans were just intrigued by him and how much the conversation has been, where's he going to start? How fast can he get to the big leagues? Because he's a very different international signing. He is not 16 years old. He is advanced. He is lighting up the Cuban league and he's at an age where some guys are in the big leagues at this point. So it's definitely going to be 
really interesting to see him ascend up the system. We go back over to Bob for his final pick uh, in this first part of the draft here in round number five. Yeah, you know, I'm between a few different guys here. Once again, do I stay offense? But I feel like I only got Grace Rodriguez and while an ace is, is something, and Lau was kidding before the cupboard is far from bare. I think I'm going to go back to another pitcher, though, with uh, our buddy Zach Peak, who came on the podcast earlier this offseason. I know he was on the Talking Birdie podcast, talked about how he's adding a hard slider to, for this season, and I'm very intrigued to see how that will go because he's already striking out a million guys per nine. So I'm really high on peak. I think he's got a great work ethic, a great K strut. And I think we're going to see him at Bowie sometime this year and dominating hitters. So give me Zach peak. Yeah. Good, good answer there. And a, and a guy who, again, you know, has really been a mixed bag from kind of national prospect writers, some who have highlighted him, some who have not even kind of engaged with him at all. And I think once we see him start to put up numbers at double A, he will start to obviously get onto some more people's radar. So that takes us uh, into my final pick of this first part here in the fifth round. I've gotten two pitchers. I've gotten two hitters at this point. Um, And I'm, this was a tough one because this pick is almost more off of stuff we hope we'll see versus what we have seen. But I'm going to go ahead and take Carter Baumler, and I'm going to continue to add to my rotation. And listen, this is probably the guy in the Orioles system who was not, you know, signed at, at you know, as a teenager out of the Dominican Republic, who we maybe know the least about or have seen the least of because he was drafted out of high school and then he gets Tommy John. And, you know, after getting drafted in the 2020 season when there was no minor league season, the Tommy John keeps him out for all of 2021. And we're just now seeing him throw and not even throw off a mound, throw live bullpens, just throw the baseball we're just now seeing. So do we know much about him? No. But what we do know is he had success in high school. He was, you know, as a hitter and a pitcher, obviously we knew he was going to be a pitcher at the next level. And we know he's a really good athlete and we know he won every award you can win in Iowa for high school baseball players. And we know that the Oriole system loves him enough to give him a, a pretty big bonus, you know, after they saved money in that draft. So I'm going to kind of trust Mike Elias and his crew here with Carter Baumler. And I'm excited to finally see him pitch this year, but this will take us to the final pick of our first part here of the draft over to Zach for his fifth round selection. A lot of uh, choices on the board here and looking to fill my outfield. It's a tough call, but I'm going to go with Michelle Deschamps. We talked a little bit earlier about how the Michael Givens trade could end up being a steal. I'm very high on Taron Vavra. I think he's going to stick around the major leagues for a long time, but keep an eye on Deschamps because he looks like a player that's going to be on the rise quickly. Should be at Delmarva this year. And I'm pretty confident. Not only do I think he can put up big numbers, but in a recent bold prediction, I mentioned that he is Rule 5 eligible after this season, according to Fangraphs, and that I expect him to be that rare, very young player that gets placed on the 40-man right away. Yeah, it should be interesting to see and, and you know what the Orioles want to do with him because obviously we know he's not going to be at a point this time next offseason where he's ready to be in the big leagues. But if he does what we think he's going to do in whether it be high A and who knows if he lights the world on fire, maybe higher than that this year, would they protect him? 
I wouldn't be surprised to, to see it happen. But that'll do it for part one of our three-parter of this draft, the first five rounds. Before we go, just uh, wanted to give everybody kind of a recap of who everyone took. So we'll start with Nick. Uh, read out what your team is looking like so far. Uh, so far in my rotation, I got the two Kyles, Kyle Bradish and Kyle Bronovich. Uh, I like that top of the rotation there. And then I have Adley Rutschman anchoring my lineup with Cesar Prito at second base and Heston Kerstad as my lone outfielder so far. So potential, some big, big power numbers there out of that lineup. And then we'll move over to Bob for what his team is looking like at this point. Yeah, I got my ace locked and loaded. Grayson Rodriguez is going to lead me to a championship. Zach Pete coming in right behind him in the rotation. I got my two, three, four hitters I'm thinking right now with Joey Ortiz also showing great defense up the middle, Jordan Westberg, and the power hitting Kyle Stowers in right field. And then over to Zach's team at this point. Um, I went with a lot of power picking up Gunnar Henderson and Kobe Mayo with my first two picks. I think Connor Norby's going to come into his own this year uh, as my second baseman. And Missy Day shown right now is my only outfielder with Gene Pinto as my only starting pitcher, but more to come. Uh, both of those areas in my roster. Yeah, I went a little bit of a different way. I have the most pitching heavy draft so far with DL Hall, Drew Rahm, and Carter Baumler at the top of the rotation. And then big time hit tool uh, with my two batters so far. Maybe not the most power in the world, but with Taryn Vavra and Colton Kowser, they're going to be on base a whole lot uh, for my team. But that'll do it for the first part of this draft as we will return Later this week with part two, rounds six through 10 coming up of our Orioles minor league draft here with crew from BSL on the verge. So you just heard part one of our 2022 Orioles minor league draft with Zach Spedden, Bob Phelan, and Nick Stevens from the On the Verge podcast covering all things Orioles minor leagues as part of Baltimore Sports and Life. Again, if you have not been listening to that podcast, they put out podcasts once a week, usually record live on Monday nights. You can watch it live as well or listen in podcast form after the fact. Uh, they have a great Twitter account at BSL on the Verge covering all things Orioles minor leaguers. Again, they've done a fantastic job growing that account, that podcast, and do just a great job covering the, what uh, at least Fangraphs has said, is the number one farm system in baseball heading into 2022. But again, uh, interesting start to the draft rounds one through five. Obviously, the big names went off the board. No surprise with Adley Rutschman going number one overall to Nick. Bob taking Grayson Rodriguez and me taking D.L. Hall with that third pick. I think really in terms of any kind of surprises at all, you know, maybe Gene Pinto went a little higher than you would have thought in this draft, but we know how much those guys love Gene Pinto, so not as surprising to see him go off the board. Cool to see Zach Peake go that high in the draft as well, and, you know, maybe I reached a little bit on Carter Baumler because he's been injured and we haven't seen him pitch, uh, but uh, a rotation I've got right now of Drew Rahm, Carter Baumler, and D.L. Hall feeling pretty good about that couple quick pieces of Orioles news before we go. I'll go into these things more in-depth probably next week on the podcast after we are finished with this minor league draft. Uh, but the first one was the Orioles made another minor league signing. Uh, Andres Angulo was their signing, a 24-year-old catcher uh, who played most of his season in A Richmond last year in the San Francisco Giants system. Has a little bit of power, a solid defensive catcher. We're going to learn more about him on a future episode. But basically, some catching depth for the Orioles 
in the system. And I think kind of a response to the fact that Jordan Cannon retired last week, uh, an Orioles minor league catcher that they had who definitely provided some good depth in the system. Uh, so they bring in Angulo to uh, replace him at 24 years old. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, Aberdeen or, or probably Bowie this year to, to be a number two catcher in one of those places and just uh, give some guys some rest in the minors and be good catching depth that you need. And that's one of the big jobs in the minor leagues that is kind of thankless is those depth catchers, guys who almost kind of know they have very, very slim chances of making the big leagues, but they're so important to get other guys rest, to uh, help with injury issues, to, to be depth in your system. And we'll see if Angulo will be that, or potentially he could be more than that for the Orioles. And then the even bigger news that came out on Sunday, first reported by Dan Connolly of The Athletic, is that the Orioles have re-signed, not players, but a couple of broadcasters back to the broadcast team. Kevin Brown and Melanie Newman, who we've known over the past couple of years with the Orioles, were free agents this offseason. Their contracts had expired, but Connolly reporting that both have re-signed to be a part of the Orioles broadcast team. And the best part of that, Kevin Brown reportedly, according to Connolly's sources, is going to be the new number one voice on TV on Masson for the Baltimore Orioles. No longer will Scott Garceau be doing most of the games. Kevin Brown, it looks like, reportedly will do about 130 of 162 if we do get 162 games this season. But in the future, in regular seasons, Kevin Brown will do about 130 games on Masson. It looks like he'll still do some on radio as well when he's not on TV, but he will be kind of sliding into the old Gary Thorne role, the main guy, you know, 115 to 130 of the games on TV. Scott Garceau will still be in the TV mix, as will Melanie Newman uh, on the TV side. They will work with, of course, Jim Palmer, Ben McDonald. It looks like Davey Johnson will be back in the mix as well. The Orioles are going to give Scott Garceau some radio games. He has not done any radio games since returning to the Orioles, so he'll still be calling some more games than just the you know 10 or 15 he'll get on TV. Obviously, Melanie will still be on the radio. Jeff Arnold will still be on the radio as well for the Orioles. And uh, Brett Hollander, of course, as well, still will be on the Orioles radio network. Uh, but big news that I know I am excited about, a lot of Orioles fans are excited about, Kevin Brown is committed to the Orioles and taken over as the main play-by-play -play voice on Masson. Very exciting news to have Kevin call this new wave of Orioles baseball on Masson. But that's it for today's episode. We will be back on Wednesday continuing our Orioles minor league draft with the guys from over at On The Verge, and we'll get rounds 6 through 10 of the draft to you in part 2 when we return on Wednesday. Some interesting picks go off the board for each of our teams as they start to come together in Wednesday's version of the draft as some more big names get mentioned from the Orioles system. But again, that's coming up on Wednesday's episode, part two of the Orioles minor league draft. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.